welcome to the Big Bunt Monthly Football Podcast with myself, Marshall Farnsworth, Tom Dragon, and we got a guest today, Evan Winter from Bucks Nation and uh, SB Nation. How's it going, guys? Hi, everyone. Doing well, man. Thanks for having me on. It's a delight to be here. Yeah, I started following Evan on uh, Twitter earlier this year. I was kind of reaching out to a few different football type people, not really sure what I was really looking for and started listening to his podcast and stuff. He was pretty, uh, seemed pretty cool, the most responsive person. So yeah, if you just want to say something about what Bucks Nation is and, you know, kind of what obviously you write and do podcasts for them, but just a little bit, you know, kind of what that is. So it's a blog, uh, part of SBNation.com. Um, SB Nation is the main sports site, but they essentially have a website or a blog for each professional team, even um, each college team when it comes to football. Really cool place. Uh, everybody should go check it out. But we're more than just a blog. We're actually credentialed as well. So we get to go to uh, press conferences. I spent 12 days down in Tampa last year uh, at training camp. Um, get to go to the games, so on and so forth. So we have a little bit more of an inside track on this team than most blogs do. Uh, but we have an awesome personality or array, array of personalities, I should say. Um, we cover everything from your basic news to uh, analysis to opinions. It's a lot of fun. And I also, like as you mentioned, uh, I run the, the podcast. We have two podcasts, but I run the main podcast for the site, and it's called the North and South Podcast. Um, have guests on every week, previews, you know, get a get a player or two interview every now and then. So like I said, we're we're a blog, but we're we're a little bit more than your your basic blog. And it's a lot of fun, man. I've been covering the the Bucks. I've been watching the Bucks since I was seven years old, uh, since about 1995. But I've been covering them now. This is my third my second year, but my third season. So as I said, man, it's a lot of fun. So that's about it though. Yeah, it sounds awesome. Yeah, interviewing players and stuff and, and all that. So are you living uh, – I don't think you live in Florida, do you? Right. I'm out in Nashville, and um, so what I do is usually I hit the road games. I'll go because obviously it's it's pretty advantageous being in the NFC South and living in Nashville because outside of Tampa, Tampa is actually the furthest place away from me. Atlanta is only four hours. Carolina is about seven and a half, and then New Orleans is about seven. So I, what I'll do is, you know, we'll pull our press passes um, and then I'll shoot down that way, cover the game, depending on how I feel after the game. I might stay the night and then drive home the next day. But Atlanta is really easy. That's a one day trip. Regardless, though. Um, yeah, man, I'm out of Nashville. So it's, it's quite interesting covering a team like this when you're about 11 hours away, I think. But either way, still fun as hell. And it's awesome because, like I said, it's been my team since I was a kid so that's that's a that's the best part about it that's awesome yeah I I visited Florida a decent amount loved Tennessee went to Nashville uh, before I graduated college and I've been to I've just driven through there Gatlinburg love like the weather and everything I like the country music in Nashville and the weather and stuff like that so it's a I envy you it's a great <laughs> Seems like a great place to live. Hey, man, Ohio's cool, too. I got a buddy from St. Mary's. We used to go up there every summer because uh, they used to have this thing called Summerfest. So, hey, Ohio's got don't, – don't, don't, uh, don't be too jealous. It's all right. I like – yeah, I like Ohio. I think, uh, yeah, it's got some good – it's got some good, uh, some good things. You know, we're getting into January, the not-so-nice parts of Ohio, January and February. It's pretty cold and snowy. But, yeah, uh, I went to a couple. I got to go to a couple of Ohio State games. I got to go to the Ohio State Michigan game, uh, 2006, whenever they were number one, number two. That was one of the coolest experiences of my life. I'm gonna throw it Evan, over. Evan, I'm curious, uh, what what brought you, what uh, what drew you to the Tampa Bay Bucks as a, as a kid? They're simple. It was right after they or their logo. They it's right after they changed from the Bucko Bruce um, over to the Skull and Swords. And growing up in Nashville at the time, the Titans weren't around there wasn't really a football team to root for. So I just ended up falling in love with that. And then the Titans came along 
And I was like, eh, you know, I'm good. Plus the Bucks are good then. They were making the playoffs uh, a few years after that when the Titans arrived. So I was like, you know, I still root for the Titans. I like the Titans. But Tampa Bay is my team. Um, and like I said, it was kind of like your first love. I couldn't just ditch them when the Titans came around. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I had – we were actually trying to do this podcast last month. And so I had it set up where – Tom was going to give his uh, secondary rankings. You're going to give your receiving core rankings, but that didn't really work out because of Microsoft uh, Excel wouldn't let me in and stuff. So Tom already did his secondary rankings, but I know you were kind of talking a lot. So I'll give you a break. Uh, Tom, if you want to give your, he's got top 10 linebacking core rankings, which probably not really something people always get into these days, linebacking core rankings, but we like, we like to uh, do it a little bit different on here. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, Marshall, you're right on. It wasn't an easy thing for me to do because uh, there's lots of stats, linebackers impact, or, you know, they're, they're the group in the middle. So you could have a linebacking core that's good against the pass, good against the run. So it wasn't as straightforward as I thought. Um, so I'll just kind of go over, I'll, I'll start at number 10 and work my way down the last couple that, you know, that I picked the 10, nine, eight, um, really could have been a toss up and other teams could have snuck in there, but I'll give you my quick thought process on, on my top 10 teams. So the 10th best linebacking core I had as Atlanta, um, they're pretty good against the rush, which I tied to a good linebacker core, their points per game. I'm about average. And then uh, they've got a couple pretty good players, uh, a couple couple pretty good linebackers led by Deion Jones. Uh, So I felt like they were a pretty formidable crew. Uh, Number nine is Washington. Uh, Very high, um, actually sixth best in points uh, allowed per game. Um, They've got a a John Bostic, and they also do a good job against the the rush as well. So I felt like they were – um, I really like that team overall. I, I know that their record's not great, but I, I just love watching them. And I think they're a, a gritty team and one to be um, looking out for in the future um, as, a, as a total package. Uh, number eight, maybe maybe a little bit too low now that maybe I've had a few moments to think about it. Uh, Seattle, uh, very good against the rush. A uh, little bit high on the points per game side but they've got two of the best uh, linebackers in the league and that's Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright. So, um, you know, maybe could put them a little bit higher, but stat wise, um, they, they didn't really stand out too much for, except for the, the rushing yards. Um, number seven, Baltimore. I'm a little bit higher in rushing yards this year than they typically are. Um, but they have a, you know, they have a deep, I think they have a deep linebacking core. Maybe they're not playing as well um, aggregately as they have in years past. They're led by, by Patrick Queen, but their their points per game are, are very, uh, very good, fifth best in the league. Number six, Indianapolis. Again, a couple of the top linebackers in the league, led by Darius Leonard. Uh, very good against the rush, and uh, that's why I had them at number six. Uh, number, number five, New Orleans, uh, second best against the rush and fourth best points per game. Um, and then they're they're led by Demario Davis, which I, I I love that guy. I wish Cleveland would have kept him. I'm not sure why we let him go. He just seems to keep on keep on uh, keep on trucking. He could play on my team anytime. Number four, the New York Giants, another team that I like a lot. Um, and it's unfortunate that they're playing Cleveland this week, but very good against the rush. Um, and then led by Blake Martinez, who literally has every almost every tackle. Uh, on the team, he's, he's he's that outstanding of a player. Uh, number three, Pittsburgh. They don't uh, jump out as far as individual stats, but they're best, third best against the rush and the lowest points per game. They're just consistent and they're they're strong across the linebacker core. Again, I looked at their stats and nobody really stands out from like a tackle perspective, but you know Vince Williams, Bud Dupree, Devin Bush. Um, solid. Uh, they play Cleveland in a couple weeks, so we'll see how that goes. Another team that's consistent across the position is uh, number, the second best linebacker core, in my opinion, the LA Rams. Also good against the rush. Uh, very good uh, points per game average. And again, uh, they're, they're just consistent across. Nobody really 
really jumps out. And then no, uh, no bias uh, today, but I had the Tampa Bay Bucks as the best linebacking core. They are they have a wide margin as number one against the rush. On um, their points per game are maybe a little bit higher. So one, you know, you could argue that the Rams might be number one, but but Devin White, Levante Davis are two outstanding linebackers that you know can can play like I mentioned earlier can play on my team anytime so um, I have Tampa Bay as number one I like the rankings a lot man uh so few thoughts I I think I would probably and this might I love Demario Davis I think he's one of the best linebackers in the league I'd probably have New Orleans in the top three I think it let the Rams they benefit a lot they're a good group I think they benefit a lot though of what just what Brandon Staley does on defense in general. And, of course, you've got Aaron Donald up there. And then, yeah, at the end of the day, man, Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, those are – I think you're spot on with those. Um, when healthy, I think Pittsburgh's just got a slight advantage over Tampa Bay. But at the end of the day, you can't go wrong with either one. And, dude, I want – speaking of the Giants, I wanted Kyler Fackrell in Tampa Bay so bad. Kyler Fackrell is – he's having a great year, and especially for what he costs. And I think he would have been – he could have been like the Carl Nassib for the Tampa Bay defense. I like – but overall, man, I like the rankings a lot. And I agree with you what you said about Washington as well. Um, I actually had him – I don't know how it's going to turn out now that Alex Smith might not play this weekend. But I actually had him winning out these last, you know, few weeks and winning the NFC East. I'm right there with you, man. They're a good, scrappy team, and they're, they're a lot of fun to watch right now. Yeah, the the Giants are a team I I think they've kind of been getting a lot better recently. And so that's kind of maybe one of those sneaky things. I don't really right. look at their linebacking cores a whole lot, but you know, it seems like Tom thinks their linebackers are pretty good and, and I have this uh gonna get in my stats a little bit and they've been kind of going up a little bit higher, but not not like a great team. But yeah, no uh no arguments with these uh Baltimore though. Uh, Cleveland, you know, really gave it to him. What, what do you think, Tom? Uh, what do you think was, was it an anomaly? Was it just some Baker magic? Or... <laughs> well, well I, I've been hard on, on Baker Mayfield. I, I, I just didn't like what I saw up until about the last five weeks. You know, he just, I don't know, ho- hopefully he's turned the corner and figured it out. You know, and I tell people that, you know, everyone reserves a right to get better. I think that's what separates maybe the good quarterbacks from the better ones. Um, you know, Baker it looks like he's gotten better, and, and and he is a hard worker. And you know, he all throughout his uh, college career and high school, he's he's been an overachiever. So I feel like he spends a lot of time um, working on his on his game. And it, it, if if that's true, it's definitely paying off. Um, so I think Baltimore was just a little bit shell-shocked uh they weren't expecting this baker mayfield they were expecting the baker mayfield from week one who was working in a completely new offense with a new coordinator a new head coach and no no time to prepare i didn't give that that much thought early in the season i was just basically upset that they got their butts kicked but i think the folks that said that were right it really hurt the cleveland browns that there was no preseason a little bit more than most teams. And I think that's uh, their, their improvement really shows that. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Same thing, you know, with the Bucks. you know, getting a new, they didn't get a new coach, but they got a new quarterback. And so they were kind of slow to start the season. I think they lost their first game and it seemed like they were kind of slow. So yeah, same kind of thing there. But uh, so if you want to get into your, receiving core rankings top 10 uh i picked you know you to do the receiving core rankings because i knew the the tampa bay bucks probably going to be high on your list so i thought that would be pretty (laughs) fitting so take it away yeah so if you pay close attention you'll notice there's a trend in these rankings but so i'll obviously start at 10 and then and then make my way to one but number 10 and you could easily sub these guys out for any other team and i would probably (laughs) i would probably be okay with it i do however think the lack of production comes from the quarterback situation surrounding this team right now but number 10 is the new orleans saints still 
Emmanuel Sanders uh, and Michael Thomas are two of the – obviously, Michael Thomas is an elite receiver. Sanders can still get it done. And then you've got Jared Cook in there, who is still a matchup nightmare for a lot of teams just based off of his size and athleticism. Um, and obviously, we're including tight ends in this as well. So when – but you look at – what I used to kind of help separate things was football outsiders is a D-Y-A-R metric, and that's yards above replacement, which basically they take uh, a replacement player level, and the more yards or points you get above that level is obviously the more irreplaceable that you become. So it's kind of a cool ranking systems they have and it adjusts for opponent, it adjusts for, you know, who's throwing you the ball. It, it's not just, you know, just straight, you know, raw stats. It actually has some some extra research behind all of it. But anyways, um, Sanders and Thomas were 30 and 43rd in DYAR. Cook was 11th. And then overall, 84 catches, 942 yards, four touchdowns between Sanders and Thomas. Cook comes in with 28, 350 and six. So that was number 10. Panthers come in at number nine, man. I really like what they've got going on in terms of their receiver core. You've got DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, who are both going to crack a thousand yards this year. And then you got Curtis Samuel back there, who's kind of a do it all Swiss Army knife. However, not having a uh, tight end, really. And it's just more the Panthers' offense. They don't throw to the tight end, but they don't really have anybody to threaten you across the middle or down the seam in that regard. So they come in at number nine. Uh, Number eight is the Cardinals. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, obviously DeAndre. DeAndre Hopkins, obviously. Christian Kirk, who's one of the better deep ball receivers in the league. And then you still got Larry Fitzgerald over there. And actually, Dan Arnold was the fifth ranked tight end in terms of DYAR, which he's only got 22 catches for 313 yards and four touchdowns, which is still solid. But he's just in terms of how effective he is and when he comes, he comes up with a lot of clutch catches for this team. So that's part of how they value uh, players and so on and so forth. But those three, Hopkins, Kirk, and Fitzgerald, 177 catches, 2013 total yards, and uh, 11 touchdowns on the season. Number seven, I got the Falcons, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. Jones is 10th in DYAR, and Ridley is 15th. And then you got Russell Gage, who comes in at 57th. And what I did was I just took, like, receiver positions one through 64 and then tight end positions one through 32 and just kind of weighed it out. And I'm sorry, I should have mentioned that in the beginning. But um, they're, you know, solid trio. Hayden Hurst isn't worth the second-round pick he was traded for. However, he does have 43 catches, 475 yards, three touchdowns. Um, so that's the Falcons at number seven. Number six, the Se uh, Seattle Seahawks, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. DK Metcalf is the second best receiver in terms of DYAR. Um, they've combined for 150 catches, 2,066 yards, 18 touchdowns. Uh, they Seahawks don't – I mean, David Moore is a good third option, so I probably should have included him right off the bat as well. However, their tight end position, not very good. Jacob Hollister isn't what he was last year, and obviously Greg Olson's hurt, so he doesn't really fit into the equation at this point. You got the Bills at number five. Obviously, Cole Beasley, Stephon Diggs. Beasley's going to break 1,000. Diggs has already broken 1,000. And then you've got Gabriel Davis in there, who's caught six touchdowns on the year. Dawson Knox was 31st in DYAR. Beasley was 7th, and Diggs was 12th, by the way. Um and they've, they've combined for a lot of yards and touchdowns as well, over 2,000 yards for the three receivers. And then Dawson Knox hasn't really done much on the year, but he's still a really good a really good player, comes up with a lot of clutch catches. Tampa Bay comes in at number four. Uh, you got Evans, Godwin, both top 20 in DYAR. Antonio Brown, he's like 70th or something, but you still can't, out, can't count out Antonio Brown, especially in this offense. Uh, Gronk is 10th in DYAR. Cameron Brait is actually 18th. And then OJ Howard is top 10 in a certain other category, but obviously he's not on the field. But Tampa Bay has the fourth best receiving core, in my opinion. Um, number three are the Chiefs. Yeah, they don't really have anybody outside of Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, but those are the two best players at their position. So that when you have the top receiver and the top tight end, that right there just speaks volumes. And listen to their stats, man. 
Hill, 77 catches, 1,158 yards, which leads the NFL, 14 receiving touchdowns. Travis Kelsey, 90 receptions, 1,250 yards. The dude is on pace for 1,500 yards as a tight end and nine touchdowns. So together, 167 receptions, 2,408 yards, 23 touchdowns. Those, those 23 touchdowns are more than Evans, Godwin, Antonio Brown, Gronk, and Brake combined. And then you'd still have four more to spare. Um, Hill's fourth in DYAR and Kelsey's in first. So top five, I mean, I mean, just having those two guys right there, you can do anything on offense, especially when you have Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. And then my top two, you could easily flip these guys. I would not argue at all. Number two is the Minnesota Vikings. Justin Jefferson, who's just absolutely sensational, Adam Thielen. And then you've got Irv Smith Jr., who's actually having a pretty decent year, uh, and then Kyle Rudolph. And then Chad Beebe every now and then can make some plays, but Jefferson and Thielen are first and ninth in DYAR. Um, They've combined for 125 receptions, 1,738 yards, and 19 touchdowns. And then the top receiving core. And, man, when I was doing these rankings, you know, I, I wrote, scratched out names and flipped teams, you know, four or five different times. Man, just – I don't know. And I did not I did not really expect this team to be at number one. Um, but at the end of the day, it makes sense, especially when you consider the talent that these guys possess on this team and just how they're used and utilized in this offense. But it's the Tennessee Titans. Um, Corey Davis, who's having a hell of a year, A.J. Brown, who is just an absolute physical freak, who's going to be a top five receiver next year, I promise. Like, he's had, he's already top ten, top seven. He's going to break that top five barrier next year. It's just, incra- it's just crazy what he can do in terms of just being effective and in terms of being an athlete. Um, number six, Corey Davis, actually, in DYAR. A.J. Brown's eighth, so you've got two top ten guys. And then Johnny Smith, who's 13th in DYAR, he's an athletic freak as well. He has 32 catches for 358 yards and seven touchdowns on the year. Uh, Brown and Davis have combined for 107, uh, 1,672, and 13. So I was I was a little surprised, and a lot of people would probably say they would take the Vikings receivers over the Titans, and I wouldn't – like I said, I wouldn't argue against that at all. But just in terms of sheer athleticism, and don't forget, Corey Davis was drafted number five overall because of his athleticism. That was one of the big reasons why. Um, and then Johnny Smith as well, like I mentioned. It just, to me, it makes a lot of sense. And that's crazy to think, too, considering how bad of luck Tennessee has had at the receiver position over the past decade or 15 years. I like the uh, I like the list. I was a little bit... At first, I saw the Falcons at seven. And I'm thinking that might be a little bit low, but then you know you look at the other teams on the list and can't argue too much. I mean, everyone else is is you know very productive. I mean, you know, one thing a little fantasy note about the uh, you're talking about Travis Kelsey. I'm usually for the past like I pick Travis Kelsey like every year in fantasy because I always have this logic that is like. You know, there's like two tight ends that are the best tight ends in the league, productive uh, uh, as far as production. And there's always this a gap, and you never know who those three and four and whatever guys are. And this year, I did not pick Travis Kelsey. Um, there was like so many of these like young tight ends, and yeah. people were like talking them up, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'll get these you know young tight ends like. Uh, I can't remember their names. Uh, Evan Ingram uh, was my first, uh, you know, he's done nothing all year. Giants tight end. um, Broncos tight end. I can't remember his name. Um, Oh, uh, Noah Fant. Noah Fant was the guy I I thought, you know, he he had like a 75-yard touchdown last year, I remember, against the Browns. I'm like, this guy is going to be good. And then uh, they might still be good, but they just, their offenses haven't done anything. So, and the, as you know, if you, you if you play fantasy at all this year, you know the tight ends have pretty much not been good except for Travis Kelsey, who's been dominant. So my right. own logic has, uh, you know, I didn't follow it. So 
That's what I'll say about that. <laughs> yeah, man, I was I was on I'm the commissioner in my main fantasy league. And, you know, they have the, the player stats and all that stuff. And you can look at, you know, the rankings and all how they compare the gap between Kelsey and even Darren Waller. I think who's the second highest tight end right now. Um, it's just crazy, man. It is. And then you look at the stats, too. I mean, I can pull them up real quick. It's just absolutely insane. I mean, and to your point, what you were saying about taking him, a lot of people, you know, took him in the second or third round this year, and that's absolutely worth it. I mean, you're getting more production than Stephon Diggs, DK Matt. Yeah, he, I mean, Travis Kelsey leads the entire league in receiving right now. It's just – it's insane the type of year that he's having. Yeah, I – my fantasy team is uh, second place, though. Did really well with all nice. of my other picks outside tight end. I got – um, Calvin Ridley, DK Metcalf. I got all pretty much all young players that I knew were going to start playing a lot better. Uh, got uh, uh, so last year I actually got Nick Chubb, and then this year for some reason Nick Chubb was like way higher, supposed to be drafted than Kareem Hunt, and I'm like, why? So I picked Kareem Hunt. He's been great. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. He's almost – he he's like right at around the same amount of yards, if not like more total yards than Nick Chubb has. So, I mean, it's yeah, I it's crazy him. how – it's crazy how a lot of it's worked out this year. I got him way in like the – I don't even – fifth or – I think fifth or sixth round it was. So Nice. But, yeah, receiving uh, receiving rankings, um, no, no quorums here. Um, you know, a lot, lot different. I mean, you know, Buffalo versus some of these other guys, Tampa Bay. But um, Tom, any uh, any comments? Yeah, just the number one team. And I guess you know, I I probably don't watch as much football as the two of you, especially other teams outside of of the Browns. But just the smell test on the on the Titans at number one. You know, watching that game and and just didn't without knowing much about them they just didn't really stand out to me in that game now in the second half you know when the, when, the, when the defense loosened up a little bit they did you know they did have some big big numbers but man that first half just burns in my mind that there just wasn't a whole lot from Tennessee for for 30 minutes um, in that game and so I, you know I think I think the the rankings the rankings felt right to me it's just that number one team just doesn't for some reason doesn't feel right. I can totally get that. And Johnny Smith is also inconsistent. He's been pretty inconsistent over these last few weeks. A lot of his stats come from a lot earlier in the year. I mean, I think he caught like five of his seven touchdowns in the first four or five weeks of the season, something like that. Um, and I totally, and like I said, I totally get it. And plus Corey Davis, I mean, you want to talk about inconsistent. The last, there's a reason why Tennessee didn't even pick up his fifth year option <laughs> was because that uh, he was not living up to be the number five overall pick. At the end of the day, though, it's more with them, it's more about athleticism than anything. And both of them, they both have over 800 yards receiving, and their touchdown total is pretty decent as well. But like I said, man, totally understand. And if you wanted to swipe swap the Vikings with them, I would have no qualms with that. Because at the end of the day, like I said, it still surprised me that I took them number one. But I don't know. Maybe I am too close to home. That might be a little bit of it. But I don't know. It just it does feel right at the end of the day. But trust me, I definitely had some second thoughts. <laughs> you know what uh, is one thing I noticed is you would think the Falcons are actually a pretty decent team because they're. Uh, top 10 in the linebacking and receiving core right, yeah, right. So that's that's what co that's, that's what bad coaching does <laughs> yeah <laughs> and honestly I would have had them higher in the receiving rankings but you know Julio's hurt Russell Gage has been really really inconsistent and then Hayden Hurst he's he's played well his stat line is solid especially you know we're talking about how just Travis Kelsey kind of makes everything look so small right now um, but with Julio's health, you know, he's already missed four games. He might probably gonna miss a fifth this week. Uh, is that kind of knocks him down a few spots for me? All right, so I'm gonna get into my uh, my ranking. So, just a little bit about myself. Uh, I'm a math major, and so I'm like really big into the stats and 
football statistics. And so I just kind of started compiling a bunch of stuff. And so what I have, let me pull up my uh, spreadsheet here. So I do this uh, every week at the end of the week, I add in all of the, or not all of the stats, but a bunch of these stats from pro football reference, it's uh, total offense, all of the stats for that. Um, let me see here, total defense, um, drive averages, drive averages against, conversions, conversions against, and then the win percentage. And so I take all of those stats and then I also combine them with the, um, basically, yeah, combined is maybe not exactly the right word, but I use the uh, correlation to win percentage. So nice. I like it. Uh, basically, I started, I used the correlation to win percentage from last season. And then about midway through, I kind of averaged it out with these, with, uh, with this season. So there's some interesting things. First of all, last year, uh, the correlation to win percentage for just uh, strictly rushing attempts was like super high. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but like, if you just real simple, take like the top five teams last year in passing yards. I don't think any of them made the playoffs. I think the only team was like the Chiefs, but like the Bucks last year, the Rams, mm. I think the Rams. Um, and then all these teams at the top, Ravens, 49ers last year made the playoffs and stuff. So that kind of was a little bit wonky. A lot less correlation to win percentage on the rushing stats this year. So that's probably a little bit norm more normal. But so there's no uh, opinion in this at all. I completely do it off the stats and I do it every week. I was posting them on Twitter for a little bit, a little while, but then I just thought I have like 10 followers. I'm just gonna do them for myself, but this is the rankings. And so I think this far into the season with the stats, they're pretty much in line with what you would think, except for maybe a couple teams. There's a team that, yeah, we mentioned last time on this podcast, they, are way lower than general consensus. Uh, they just have been all year because of the way that they play. So at the bottom, we got the New York Jets. They've been there for I don't know how many weeks now. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, Cincinnati, Bang Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, yeah, Jags, Jets, they've been the worst two teams for a little while now. Bengals were way higher with Joe Burrow, sort of almost into the middle of the range type teams. And then they've dropped all the way. And this is a full, full season of stats. So not just recently, they've dropped all the way to 30, uh, 29, probably a team that is lower on my rankings than most people would say is the Denver Broncos. They, you know, I don't think are very good. I would kind of agree with these stats. They seem to, when they do win, they seem to barely win. And then sometimes when they lose, they get blown out. They've had some, some comeback wins against the chargers and stuff like that. So I don't really think that they're very good. Dallas Cowboys are number 28. So that's bottom five so far. Any, uh, pretty much bad teams. Any, any other teams should be down there. No, I think that's pretty good. Yeah. I think, I think you're pretty spot on. I would say though, I would say though that Denver does have a couple of decent wins, but um, yeah, no. At the end of the day, or yeah, at the end of the day, no. I'm right there with you, man. So this is the um, below average section, but not in the bottom five. We got 27 Houston Texans, and then Philadelphia Eagles. Those two have been in that sort of bottom ten, a little bit outside top or a little bit outside the bottom five for basically all season, 25 Detroit Lions and 24 Chicago Bears, same thing. The Bears were a little bit lower. They had a, a big win last week against the Texans, so bumped them up a little bit. Uh, New York Giants, they're number 23, so 10th worst team here. They, um, you know, they were down – way at one point they I think they lost their first their first like six games or something or first 
uh, I think they were one and seven. So they were down, I think, second worst for a while. They might have even been worst in my ranking. So they've, they've come up a lot. 22, this is a team that has been all over the place. Las Vegas Raiders. Uh-huh. They at one point beat the Browns and were, I think, around almost 10th. They beat the Saints. Have, they've, uh, they've been all the way. There's a, there's a bit of a gap here between them and the Giants, but still, they're, they're down here. Uh, Carolina Panthers is at 21. They, you know, played a little bit better, I think, early in the year, but ultimately are really not that great. 20, this is a team that's a little bit higher than probably most people would think because they, they've they lost quite a few games, but they are always in it, except for this. They got crushed by the Patriots. The uh, Los Angeles Chargers, they went down quite a bit from uh, getting blown out, I think 45 nothing by the Patriots. So they were they were a bit higher in my ranking. Dude, I'm on Las Vegas, man. I like that ranking a lot. I think they're not very good, and a lot of it has to do with their defense. And plus, there a lot of them are injured for this week. So, yeah, I I, I think they're going to lose tonight, possibly. Well, actually, I don't know if they're going to lose, but I think the Chargers will cover the spread. Um, and then – uh, what was I had a note? I think uh, Carolina. Yeah, I'm with you on that too. And then the Chargers, man. I think, it, dude, if the Chargers were actually healthy, no telling. I mean, obviously Anthony Lynn has some issues, but dude, if they were healthy, you got to think that they would they would have a much better record. Yeah, yeah. The Chargers. I mean, they. You know, obviously they they. They struggle winning games, but you know they the way these stats work is that it's not just based off the wins and losses. You know, if you're if you're losing games really close, you know it's not really going to dock you that much versus getting blown out. And it and it doesn't right. really seem like they've gotten blown out a lot, except for the Patriots game. Yeah, except um, for that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, then this is kind of like so basically this. I got a little score by all these teams and the, the lowest it goes is the jets and then in the negatives. And then the, uh, in the middle is like zero. So this is the last of the below average teams here. Atlanta Falcons were a team that were pretty low for a while and then started winning some games. And even when they weren't winning games, they started going a little bit, a little bit higher. Um, I think they blew out. I believe it was the, the Vikings earlier in the year. And, you know, I think that's been a team all year. That's like a little bit more dangerous than people. Their record would probably show uh, right above them. Minnesota Vikings, another team started off really slow the season. 17, a team that I've been kind of high on for a while is Washington football team. Um, you know, Back when everyone was talking about the Eagles as the best team in the FC East, I actually had the uh, Washington team highest on the ranking for for that division. So there you go. I didn't. I just. Re, uh, I didn't even know until you just said about Alex Smith, uh, him being possibly out. I think that probably hurts them a lot. And you know, I don't think that they'll win against the Seahawks if Alex Smith's out. But if he's in, I don't know. Uh, 16, this team is also kind of all over the place. They seem to blow teams out and then get blown out themselves. Uh, New England Patriots, they beat the Chargers 45 nothing, And then I think it was on uh, one of the primetime games. I think, was it last Thursday or something? They lost to the Rams 24-3, to I believe. So they... They were a little bit higher on the ranking until then. Uh, 49ers are at 15. Yeah, they are kind of a kind of a boring team. You know, they they seem to stay around this level. You know, because they don't really get blown out a whole lot, and they just kind of beat bad teams because they're well coached. Right. Uh, 14. So this uh, this is a team that. Well, actually, I'll kind of group both these together. I got 13, I got Cleveland Browns, and 14, Seattle Seahawks. And both of these teams 
you know, probably lower on my rankings than most people would have them. And obviously no bias here since huge uh, Cleveland Browns fans. But, you know, the Browns kind of kind of just like the Seahawks, they uh, very similar records, but they don't seem to blow anyone out. And so, you know, with these stats rankings, it's like you kind of have to blow someone out. The the Seahawks just did against the Jets, but most of the year they did. You know, it's like right. um, I'll ask you this, too, because I find it kind of interesting. Like whenever I whenever I see like someone give their power rankings, it's like if a team plays a bad team, they don't seem to really care how much they beat them by. Do you notice that? Oh yeah, for sure, man. It's always, it's funny how they can contort things and make it, you know, sound like it's not that big a deal. (laughs) Yeah. I, I find it kind of strange. Like, you know, I, I remember earlier in the season doing these sort of rankings and it was like the Colts played the Vikings. It was like week two or something and destroyed them. And then I remember the Seahawks played the Vikings and, it was like the Sunday night game or something, beat them by one point on this comeback. And people, right. you know, people didn't really care. They looked at it like, oh, Russell Wilson's all great and stuff. And, you know, he is great, but it's like, you know, the whole team is, you know, what I would say about the Seahawks is that they have not a very good, they had a really a terrible defense. Seems like it's getting better. And their offense is pretty one-dimensional. And so, you know, I don't have much faith in these, uh, these one-dimensional offenses. Yeah, they're definitely falling off of me. Yeah, and the Browns, um, terrible defense. Absolutely terrible defense. They could not uh, <laughs> could not stop Lamar Jackson. Nothing, nothing worked. I was watching that game, and uh, I'm saying, man, they're playing him like uh, like he's Peyton Manning or something. Got to go, got to go down the box, and then they did that, and then he, they just passed all over him. So. Nothing was working. That was, an, that was an awesome game, though. That was an awesome, awesome game. It was. Uh, number 11 team, I think very similar in built to the Browns, is Tennessee Titans. They're 12. I don't know if I said 11. Uh, number 11, Arizona Cardinals. Um, they've kind of been around this ranking for a while. 10, Buffalo Bills. I think that... They probably have played a little bit better recently, but, you know, got a couple blowouts, I think, early in the year that kind of still keeping them down. Number nine, uh, Miami Dolphins. Ten or uh, eight is Tampa Bay Bucks. What do you think? Is that kind of where you would have the Bucks? Yeah, that's that's right about there. You know, they they can't they can't beat the top tier teams. They've shown that. Now, that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that's going to happen in the playoffs, but. Um, yeah, they shown they can't beat the top tier teams, but they're still a good team. So uh, that's totally fine. I do believe they're a top ten team as well. And how crazy is it that we're talking about Miami being a top ten team? I mean, I I would agree with you. It's just nuts that that's how far they've come in year two under uh, under Flores. I'll uh, yeah, I just saw your chat. I'll I'll finish this up and then you can hop. Oh okay, yeah, you're good. Wonder. Yeah, um, yeah, no, yeah, no, that's crazy about the about the Dolphins. Um, don't, I don't really think that they're, a, I, I don't have a ton of confidence that they're a great team, but I definitely have confidence that they are a, a good team. In fact, pr- probably very good. I think they're well coached to, uh, it's got some potential. For sure. No, hundred percent. Bucks too. Bucks. I had them. They've, they've been a team that's been a little bit higher on this list. I think they've been as high as three, uh, Baltimore Ravens. Is at seven and Indianapolis Colts at six. The Colts have kind of been that one of those teams that's a little bit higher on my rankings than probably most people that I see. They're kind of uh, a little bit one of those more, you know, people don't really trust those teams that don't have that great quarterback, you know. But, you know, Fred Rivers has played well this year. Their team overall has played well and they've won. A lot of games. I think they have nine wins so far. So speaks for itself. Uh, number five, Pittsburgh Steelers. They are on the downfall here. They were at number one and number two for a while. Lost a couple games. Number four, Green Bay Packers. Not much to say there. Obviously, people know that their offense is clicking very good. Three, Kansas City Chiefs. 
a lot of people would have this team number one. I think that they could probably put a pedal to the metal a little bit further and they could be number one, but they don't really seem to blow teams out very much. This team just got up to number two, LA Rams, uh, blew out the uh, New England Patriots. I think that they are uh, also just a very good team, great defense, good quarterback. And number one, uh, coming off a loss, but uh, New Orleans Saints only lost by three points. And they are their stats are uh, a little bit inflated because I think they, they played the Broncos when they had no quarterback at all. But, you know, regardless, you know, they, they're number one. And so uh, it is what it is for that. So. Boo. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the Bucks fan in me got on that one. No, man, I agree. And plus, Sean Payton's the best coach in the league. I mean, he's top-notch. Dennis Allen is one of the best defensive coordinators in the league. And obviously, Sean Payton has a lot to do with the offense and a lot with the coordinating of the offense or coordination of the offense, I should say. But P. Cartmichael is still still a very, very good number two guy. Um, dude, I, I like the rankings. I would probably swap out Casey and the Rams. I still think Kansas City is so good. Um, and they can dial up the defense when they need to. Um, I would probably swap out Baltimore and Buffalo as well. Put ball, uh, Baltimore at number 10, Buffalo at number 7. I really like what they're doing up there. Uh, they did have that midseason slump, but they've really turned it on here the last few weeks. Feels like they're getting serious, you know what I'm saying? Um, Indy, I agree with you on Indy. I've liked Indy since before the year started. Frank Reich and Rivers have good chemistry, great offensive line, good running game. T.Y. Hilton's coming to life, and that defense is really good and really underrated. Um, and then, yeah, man, I mean, overall, I think Titans are right where they should be. I think Seattle is right where they should be. Um, I might I might sink Atlanta a few more spots back. But outside of that, man, no qualms on my end. All right, I know you got to go. And um, so any any words, I you know kind of feel bad I ask you to put something together about the Bucks, but uh, any, any uh, you know, where, where do you think the, the Tampa Bay Bucks are right now? A few weeks left, I think, have they clinched the playoffs or are they one of those teams at 99%? They're at, they're at 97 right now. So they're basically, okay. in, if they win this week, it's higher than 99%. Um, and then they can officially clinch next week with the win over the Lions. Um, if they lose, I think it only drops down to like 92%. Um, but now they lose next week on top of a loss. That's a whole different story. But obviously, time will tell on that. Overall, though, man, they're right. We're about where I expected. I did expect to see a cleaner game against the Vikings. I expected them to get off to a much faster start. But it looks like they kind of found their footing throughout the game. Dan Bailey certainly helped. I mean, he left 10 points on the field. So that was a big, big plus for the Bucks, and that determined a lot of the game, a lot of the outcome. But eight and five, I mean, I did a preview over the summer on my podcast, and I think I had them at eight and five going into these last three games. Now, if they lose one of these last three games, then there's issues. There's been, inc there's been inconsistency issues, which is what kept them back from being what they could really be. And if they lose one of these next three games, that's just going to completely add to those inconsistency issues. And it's going to make them legit because a lot of their inconsistencies have shown up against teams like the Saints, the Chiefs, the Rams. And that's to be expected. You know, I mean, they're elite teams. However, if you do it against the Falcons or the Lions, that's uh, a little bit of a different story. So. Um, really, I think they're going to take care of business, though, over these last three weeks. And don't be surprised to see them at 11-5 and five when the season ends. Thanks for uh, coming on the podcast, Evan. Uh, love hearing uh, North and South podcast and uh, looking at all that stuff. Um, so Appreciate it, man. We'll have, we'll have the preview dropping tomorrow, so be sure to check it out. Nice. Thanks for coming on. Uh, we will uh, take a little break, and then Tom and I might uh, have a few more things on this podcast. Wrap it up. Thanks for having me, man. We'll talk soon. All right. Welcome back. We are back from our break here, wrapping up this podcast with a couple uh, couple things here. 
the NFL 32 pick challenge. If you guys listen to this, you know, is our thing we have with a few buddies picking one game for each team to win. So Tom and I were just talking about that. We were recording this before the Thursday night football game, week 15 Raiders chargers. So it's not going to be out tonight, but if you're listening to this, you'll know who wins. Yeah. Interesting thing you were just talking about. So Tom, including uh, two other people in our league, uh, Derek and my friend Anthony had picked the Falcons this past week and they um, they lost you guys. <laughs> and that's one of those picks that I, I'm very thankful that I have my stats because, you know, you, when you look at the chargers, they look like a, you know, just from their win record and, you know, they're doing all these, you know, they, people say the coaching's not great, whatever you think easy win, but you know, my stats have them a little bit higher, you know, like uh, you know, they might not win, but maybe they probably should because they're playing really well. So they ended up, that was a close game. They ended up winning. So, but uh, we're going to go through, let me buzz through the, uh, the current standing. So, you know, a, a wide variety of how many games people have picked. So in last place, well, I wouldn't even go through the bottom four because they are exactly the same as the last time we talked. My friends, uh, we got Chuck, Mylan, Mason, and Hooch. And uh, if you're listening to this, you know who you are. Don't know why you have not picked anyone. So I'll skip those. Uh, tied for number six, we got Tom and my Uncle Terry, both 14 of 20, 70%. So not too bad. That's about, about the league average, about 71%. Fifth place with 14 points out of 18 picks, Derek. He's, um, he's been pretty good all year, just hasn't really made a ton of picks. Fourth place, my friend Jake. Uh, my girlfriend, Emma, is 20 of 30 at third place. And second place, Anthony, is 20 of 29. Uh, both of those guys cannot get first place now. I've clinched, or they are mathematically eliminated from getting first place. I've got 24 of 31. So I have one more pick is the Denver Broncos who I've struggled to figure out a game to pick them. And they actually won this last week. I was almost going to pick them and the Panthers and just cancel it out. But well with the Panthers, I had them ranked higher and they lost. And then uh, the point projections. So I find this to be an interesting thing to look at, especially when you're looking at people, you know, like you and Terry, um, who have the same, same amount of picks and um, percentage and everything, but not the same, not the same point projection. So we've got, uh, we got those bottom four guys going to buzz through seventh place, Terry projected at 20 uh, in the twenties. Uh, sixth place, Emma projected 20.9. Fifth place, this is the in the 21 point range, is uh, is you, Tom. Fourth place is Jake. Third place, Anthony. So those are in the 21 point range. Second place in the projected to get in the 22 point range is Derek. And myself, I have 24 points now projected about 24 and a half. So obviously I'm going to end up with 24, 25. So any, uh, I would like to, what, what's the strategy going forward? Obviously you're in a better position than, uh, than uncle Terry, because you must have some, some easier matchups going forward. You must have some, some better teams to work with. Yeah. It's not looking too bad actually. And the re you know, you talked about the Atlanta pick. The reason I picked them is because I backed myself into a corner um, they've got uh, the Rams twice, I think, and then Kansas City. So I took a flyer on them, and they they darn near won that game. I think did it go into overtime or 
Or maybe I'm thinking. I don't think it went into overtime, but it was a very close game to the end. Yeah. In fact, I felt really good through the first three quarters of the game. But yeah, that's something I, I really learned this year is I really didn't look out to the rest of the schedule until like last week, a little bit the week before. So I'll, I'll have a much better strategy going into next year. And, and, you know, I, I just, I think I figure some things out after having seen it and lived it and, um, you know, had a chance to, to give it a shot for one year. So um, I, I think most of my, I don't really have a whole lot of, I have a lot of no brainers still left. So I, I don't know. I, I think I think my projection in the 21 range might be a little low, but you know we'll see, we'll see. I just I want to beat Terry. I want to see if he wants to bet maybe like 500 bucks on the side. What's that? Oh, miss? oh your mom just said something I couldn't hear. So <laughs> no, yeah. I'm just kidding. just a friendly uh, beer or a shot of uh, Woodford Reserve or something. But I got to beat him. That I, I just got to do that. He's in my age group. You know, very similar um, <laughs> knowledge of football. So, yeah, Terry was actually he was taking this league by storm for a while. I think he was like something crazy. I think he was like eight of nine or nine of ten. Yeah, I remember. And it was like, you know, and he was this was early on, so he wasn't just like waiting. You know, he was he was picking them pretty consistently. And then it was like he came down to earth quick. And uh, I think actually when I was talking about the that game, the Falcons blew out the Vikings. I think he picked the Vikings that weekend. I don't think he's ever recovered. That took, that was a confidence loss right there. <laughs> I've had those games where I think are where you, where you pick a team and you're like, oh, wow, this isn't even close. That's demoralizing. Yep, yep. So that is that. And then – we went through the win range projections in detail last month or last podcast. And so I updated these. And so now I'm just going to uh, go through the teams that we have either gotten a win from or have gotten it incorrect. Okay. So the Arizona Cardinals, I've already clinched that because I predicted they would win between five to ten games, and they will win between seven to ten games. Carolina Panthers, one of the few teams, all three of us have gotten it right. They will win between four and seven games by the time the season's done. So all three of us have gotten in there in that uh, correct win range. Chicago Bears is an odd team because they started off hot and we're, we're thinking, oh, man, we're all going to get it wrong. And then they came back to earth a lot. I think they've lost, like, what is it, like seven of their last something, eight games yeah. or something like that. And so yeah. you and I have already gotten that right. Uh, they are – we both predicted between four to nine – and five to nine, and they are going to win between six and nine games. Okay. Dallas Cowboys, I have already gotten wrong. This is one of the teams I was high on this year, pretty hopeful. I was thinking they were going to going to be at least eight wins, bare minimum, and the most they can get is only seven. Denver Broncos, we've both of us have gotten that right. They are going to win between five and eight games by the end of the year. We both successfully picked that. Detroit Lions, I think that was a – they've been pretty predictable this year, and I've already gotten that one right. Uh, I said that they would win between four and nine, and they're going to end up with uh, five to eight. Uh, Derek. Loss here, he predicted the Houston Texans would win between eight to ten games. Disappointing year for them. They are going to get at most seven. Any thoughts so far on on these teams? 
Um, no, not really. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I, I guess I'm not surprised with the last couple of games coming up that we're, we're starting to see, uh, you know, teams or people, you know, fall off one way or the other, but it's surprising to me that there's only been two teams mentioned so far that anybody is out of the running. I think that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good that we have gotten them, gotten them right. And, you know, obviously I picked, I picked bigger win ranges. So higher chance that I'm going to get these right and that Derek will get them wrong, but he uh, will get more points for them because of the smaller win range. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders, they are going to end up with seven to 10 wins. All three of us have gotten that right. In fact, Derek predict, predicted uh, seven to 10 wins. So he's, he's exactly spot on. Wow. Los Angeles Chargers. You and I are pretty close on this, and I have secured that one. They're going to come away, come away with four to seven wins. Uh, this is – so there are only – so there are two teams on here. I'll just – I'll give you a, a little – little time to think so there are two teams on here that all three of us have gotten wrong what do you what do you think those teams are um my um the jets yep and the jags probably i would imagine it is the jets and the dolphins okay the jags uh actually none of us have gotten the jags wrong so far I think all of us thought that they were going to be bad. But, uh, yeah, Miami Dolphins, they've obviously uh, definitely exceeded our expectations. For example, they already have eight wins, and the most we picked for them was Derek picked five, you picked six, I picked seven. That was the most. So, And then with the Jets, we had them – yeah, they're not even going to be close. Looks like the most wins they can get is three. They're going to win zero to three games this year. And, you know, I picked them. I was the lowest on them, had them winning at least four games. So definitely not good for them. Giants, both of us got that right, the Giants. It was kind of thinking – it was looking like we were going to get that one wrong too, but – They've won like a bunch of games now, so yeah, they're gonna come away with five to eight. Let's see this. Uh, ooh, Pittsburgh Steelers. You and Derek probably not too thrilled that uh, you underestimated the Steelers here. They have exceeded your expectations. I think you guys had what at the high end ten wins, and they have. 11 wins so far. Tampa Bay Bucks, Derek and I have uh, gotten this one correct. So uh, already they're going to win between eight and 11 games. Yours is also very close between seven and 10. And then uh, last team to speak of is Tennessee Titans, which Derek has gotten wrong. He predicted six to eight games that they would win and they already have nine wins so looking at the standings there it looks like let me pull this up so how do you before i before i read these off what who, who do you think's looking looking good so far or the best well, i think it's between me and you um i think derek's knocked out of more teams than either of us it looks like and you look like you have a, a slight lead on teams that are still still in it by maybe three so i think you're in the lead I'm, i think i'm in second and derek's in third so i have the most points scored with 95 points you have 56 derek only 35 but as far as how many points are remaining, there are possible points that you can get, which that, um, I guess how I calculated that, that includes 
points that you've scored and points that you will score, maybe can can get. Yeah, is yep. uh, you were actually leading that, and then Derek, and then me. So, yeah, I'd say Derek is not in a good position right now. You, it'd probably be you and me for for those spots. And that's probably what because you mentioned earlier that you're your range was a little wider than mine overall. So yeah, my average, my average range is about five and a quarter games. And then yours was only about four and a quarter. And then Derek's about three and a half. So, so yeah, that is, that is, it. it's kind of crazy that, you know, how these win ranges work is that, you know, there's only three weeks left yet. There's a lot to be determined, you know, I mean, teams yeah, can, teams can so. go from, you know, you can finish at this point. If you have six wins right now, you can finish with only six wins or nine wins, which is kind of crazy. Like <laughs> you think about six wins is a lot different than nine. Well, you mentioned Tampa Bay. I'm, you guys have locked, I'm still in it, but their schedule, like Evan said, is pretty favorable to, uh, to them winning 11 games. So that's one that that'll be one that's interesting then, you know, if they do lose one of the last three, then I'm okay. If not, then, uh, then you guys clinch that one and I lose the points there. One other uh, notable one to speak of is the Cincinnati Bengals. I was, we, we all predicted almost the same win range for them. And I was so confident they were going to get, between four and seven wins. You and I picked the same and Derek picked four to six wins. They have two and a half wins right now. They can get at most five and a half. So I don't think that they're going to get there. No, I don't either. I mean, if with Joe win, Burrow, yeah, maybe. They, no, with Joe Burrow, they were playing, you know, pretty well, even though they weren't really winning a whole lot of games. But no, they have three games left they're not going to get a game and a half or two wins so that's you're right about that unless you know i'm not even going to look at their schedule i'll just assume because i know they play the steelers so yeah so that is the fake punt getting the get some longer episodes here which are which is nice because we only go once a month so that's the fake punt this is our really our regular season not wrap up, but our regular season last last one of the regular season, and then the next one will be uh, either wrapping up the regular season or probably more more likely talking about the playoffs will be next month. So I'm excited to talk about that. Kind of put my statistics in a in a different direction or a different list. Just narrow it down to the the playoff team. So excited for that. And uh, we'll see you guys next time.